Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All righty, rock and roll in hour number three of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up 20 minutes from now, big matchup this weekend inside the Pac-12. In my opinion, the two best teams in the Pac-12, Washington and Oregon, will do battle. What a game that was last year where Washington found a way to upset the the Ducks of Oregon. Now it's a heavyweight fight. I know a lot of people talking about USC being the best team in the Pac-12. They don't have a defense, so I can't trust USC, even though they have the preeminent player in college football right now in Caleb Williams. But I can't wait for Washington and Oregon this weekend. Before the start of the season, like if you would have told me, Zach, look at the schedule, look at that week, what's the game that excites you the most? I would have said USC, Notre Dame. But with how it's shaped out between Oregon and Washington, I can't wait for this one on Saturday. So Kalen DeBoer, the head coach of Washington, will join us 20, 25 minutes from now. But as we do each and every Tuesday right here on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio, we do a little overreaction, proper reaction from the week that was in the National Football League. Another NFL week is complete, which means it's another week to freak out about your favorite team. Which takes are truly crazy. But sometimes a game can be so bad, it's almost good. You know what I'm saying? No. And which are so crazy, they might be right. He's 6'5", he's 245 pounds. He's probably a Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end. Zach lets you know in this week's edition of Overreaction or Proper Reaction. All righty, Samter, let's get to it. What do you got for me today? So after scoring just 49 points in their first four games, the Bengals' offense finally broke out in Week 5 with 34 points against the Cardinals. Joe Burrow tossed for 317 yards. Jamar Chase had nearly 200 receiving yards and three scores. However, since he still ranks second to last in yards per game and 28th in points per game. So overreaction, proper reaction, the Bengals have fixed their offensive issues. So that is an overreaction, and here's why. I'm not ready to just say that after one game against the Arizona Cardinals, who have been a gritty team, but they're not a good team. They're not a great team. I still got to see the health of Joe Burrow moving forward. Because if Joe Burrow is healthy, they will excel. If he's not healthy, they're going to have problems on the offensive side of the ball because he is their organization. He's the most imperative person in that organization. And as you've seen to start off this year, if he's not healthy... If he's not as close to 100% as he could be, this team struggles. And you look at the last four years, year one, he gets hurt, they were terrible. Year two, 
He plays, they go to the Super Bowl. Year three, they go to an AFC championship game after starting 0-2. Now they sit at 2-3, and and it's all about the timing of their schedule, too. These next three games in four weeks are brutal. You play Seattle this weekend. Then you have a bye week. Then you're at San Francisco, and you have Buffalo. And you know what? I have not looked at any of the spreads yet for this week, but let me just quickly pull up the line here of that Seattle game. The Bengals are a three-point favorite. I know last week I loved Cincinnati laying the three against Arizona and you had to sweat that out for a little bit until they uh, pulled away late. I kind of think the Seahawks, I know it's a one o'clock game, so that concerns me. West Coast coming over to an Eastern time zone, but I think the Seahawks are a good play, an early good play to start off this week plus three because everyone now is going to be backing on the Bengals. Everyone's going to say, oh, Joe Burrow's back and he's healthy. I got to see more in the next three weeks before I say their offensive issues are fixed. So I'll go over reaction there. So after a dominating win over the Dolphins in week four, the Bills looked flat on Sunday in a loss to the Jags in London. While Jacksonville had the luxury of spending the extra week across the Atlantic with back-to-back international games, the Bills didn't arrive in England until Friday morning. So overreaction, proper reaction, the Bills' lethargic effort was just a product of the jet lag. Oh, that's bullcrap. Now, they should have flown out there earlier in the week, but that's overreaction to me. Uh, Even if you're jet lagged, you got to show up and play better in the game. You shouldn't look incompetent. Like, if you were a little sluggish to start and then you found a way to get it, it done late, okay. But they were so sluggish to start that even when they started to score some points late, they were already dug too deep into a hole to climb out of it. I don't want to hear that nonsense. When you start to get into travel and all that, I know what I just said about coming from the West Coast to the East Coast to play a 1 o'clock game. Just stop uh, with that. The Buffalo Bills, I don't want to make any excuses for them. They are Super Bowl or bust team. I don't want to hear any of this nonsense about jet lag uh, for this game, so I would go overreaction. By the way, can I ask you a uh, overreaction, proper reaction uh, question here, Sam? I might actually act, uh, ask it to Stu. Stu, I'm looking at the stream right now. And I see Samter's beard, and I think Samter has an elite, and I mean an elite beard. Like, we're talking Mahomes. We're talking Burrow. We're talking Josh Allen. Samter may be the most interesting man on this planet right now, and I never realized, and I see Samter like every day, even before I was doing this show, I never realized how gray the beard is for Samter. But the gray beard looks, as Larry David would say, Pretty, pretty good. Overreaction, proper reaction, Samter. Samter rocks a really good gray beard. That is uh, a proper reaction. I, I mean, first of all, without the beard. I was asking Stu there, not you. You're, of course, going to say yes. Well, no, I'm just going to be honest that without the beard, <laughs> I'm a pretty ugly guy. When I put the beard on, I kind of look distinguished and gentlemanly. Samter, what do you think of the, uh, or Stu, what do you think <laughs> of the Samter beard? I like it. Proper reaction. It's a good beard. It, it has a nice color to it. Um, he can go. I think the shaved look for Santa's good, but I like the beard look more. I'm actually really curious what you would look like clean shaven. He's been I, clean shaven. I'm clean shaven 80% of the time. I don't really remember you clean shaven. That's why it's, you don't recognize the beard. Yeah, it's been like four days. This is like a five day beard. Wait, wait, wait. That's crazy. That's a five day beard? May, maybe six days. This is this is less than a week beard. Samter, man's man. That's, that's what I nuts. just learned right there. Okay. Man's man or hairy man, one or the other. Yeah, that's or both. true. <laughs> I, I, you know, we may have to take a field trip to Samter's uh, shower and see how much hair is in the in the drain. No, you don't want to see that. Plumbing. We need to go back to the Samter residence. 
They probably think it's your wife, and then you're, like, laughing in the corner with just how much hair you have falling off your face. Let's not get started. It is not a pretty <laughs> sight. Now, we just talked to Brian Brzee, and so while all eyes were focused on the Patriots and their awful performance against the Saints, New Orleans improved to 3-2, and two, and their upcoming schedule includes the Texans, Jags, Colts, Bears, Vikings, and Falcons, who have a combined record of 13-17. and 17. So overreaction, proper reaction, the Saints are the best team in the NFC South. That's an overreaction. The entire offseason, everyone told me the Saints were the best team, and I looked at them and I go, I just don't believe it. I would put more stock on the Bucks winning the division or the Falcons winning the division than the Saints. And I'm not saying you can even trust either of those two teams, but when you have Derek Carr as the quarterback of your team, I'm just not a believer. I think Carr is a guy that he's like a poser. He'll look really good. He'll look like he's a great quarterback. And then once he starts to have people join his army and people start to say, oh, I believe in Derek Carr, he takes a few steps back and goes to being like an average quarterback in this league. Average may win this division, but this division's better than what we thought. I will uh, go with more of the upside of the Bucks or the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Eagles and 49ers look like the class of the NFC, but the Lions are nipping at their kneecaps. That's a Dan Campbell reference. Ah, And drinking a lot of coffee, too. Campbell, when he got that job, was like crushing 6,000 cups of coffee a day and saying he was going to bite off everyone's kneecap. And right now, they're biting off kneecaps left and right. They're sitting at 4-1 and with their only loss coming into overtime to the Seahawks, who are pretty decent as well. The offense is unsurprisingly humming, scoring the fourth most points in the NFL. But the defense, that's where the difference has been. They've been solid, sitting sixth in the NFL in yards allowed. So overreaction, proper reaction. The Lions are legit threats to the Eagles and 49ers in the NFC. So the Lions haven't won the NFC North since 1993. They're going to win the NFC North this year. They haven't won a playoff game since 1991. Lomas Brown, former Lions offensive lineman, now part of their radio broadcast Uh, He told me before the start of the season, this year would be a disappointment if the Lions didn't win a playoff game. And I'm like, hold on, a disappointment? You make the playoffs? You're going to tell me Lions fans are going to be bitching and complaining? Like, stop that nonsense. But he's ended up being right. They got to win a playoff game this year. Now, with that being said, as fun of a story as the Lions are and how much we all want to root for the Lions to do well, they're not threats to the Eagles or 49ers. The Eagles and 49ers have more talent on both sides of the ball. But I will say this. Aiden Hutchinson continues to show why the Jaguars got it wrong, where he should have been the number one overall pick over Trayvon Walker. Aiden Hutchinson has like four or five interceptions already to start off his career. And he had that one-handed interception the other week. He is an athletic freak. He is just so good. That defense, they need to play at that level that they did the other day for them to have a chance against the Eagles and 49ers. But... You know, Jared Goff is a very good quarterback. I don't know if he's great. I like Amara St. Brown. Now you got Jamison Williams there. They've been good with the changes in the run game. And we haven't even really seen much of Jameer Gibbs. Montgomery's been good for them. But the Eagles and 49ers are just different animals this year uh, when you look at them compared to the Lions. So I'll still go Eagles and 49ers uh, being that much better than Detroit. You asked me overreaction, proper reaction. The Lions are threats to the Eagles and 49ers. For now, I will say overreaction. While, the leading, while leading the NFL in rushing in both 2019 and 2020, Derrick Henry averaged a massive 23 carries a game mm-hmm. from 2019 through 2022 and has finally shown signs of slowing down a bit. And also, he should have had another touchdown pass last week. 
He had one two weeks ago. He had DeAndre Hopkins, and I guess he got a little bit too excited because he threw the ball just a bit too high for DeAndre Hopkins. Well, that's why he plays running back and not quarterback. But through- He's been a pretty good throw of the football. He had a touchdown pass in, in the Ravens game in the playoffs a few years ago. This is very true. Now, through five games so far this year on the ground where his specialty is, the 29-year-old Henry is 11th in yards, averaging a career-low 3.8 yards to carry. Overreaction, proper reaction, the Titans to trade Derrick Henry this season. So this is a proper reaction because I do believe he's a free agent at the end of the year. But I'm actually surprised that Derrick Henry hasn't requested a trade by now. Because I said it the moment when the Eagles traded for A.J. Brown. We were doing the show at the draft, and I believe it was Las Vegas that year. And I sat there and I said, if I'm Derrick Henry, the the Titans are, are about to fall back. They're about to regress. You need to go on out and request a trade if they're giving up on A.J. Brown and they're saying we're not going to pay A.J. Brown. That's not a team that's ready to go win a Super Bowl. And we know the state of the running back position and how the shelf life of running backs is not very long. And Henry, for the most part, other than last year, has done a good job staying healthy. If I was him, I would want to split. And if I'm Tennessee, I want to get something back for him. Like, could you imagine? I know we float the bills out there a lot. And give credit, James Cook has done a nice job this year when they've used him. And we just did this recently with McCaffrey. Imagine if the Bills could go get Derrick Henry if Tennessee is out of it. Or if there's a team in the NFC that could go get you know get, get a trade and, and make it happen for him. Like, how about the Eagles with Howie Roseman? I know DeAndre Swift's done a nice job. But if you get Derrick Henry, hello. That would be a, a monster play. So if I'm Tennessee, I would say it's time... To, to move on from Derrick Henry, not because he can't play anymore. The guy could still be a dominant back. We saw it two weeks ago, but you're not going to be contenders again anytime soon. And Tennessee needs to change a lot with what they do in their organization. Ryan Tannehill's not the guy. Hopkins has been good for them, but he's not a long-term answer. And how many more effective years does Derrick Henry have? You have a good head coach. You got to get that coach more talent, but I think it's time to go ship out Derrick Henry somewhere for the remaining two years of his career and get something back for him. So you asked me, Tennessee should trade Derrick Henry this season. Uh, I would say that is a proper reaction. If I'm Derrick Henry, I would want that trade as well. Hey, real quickly in the chat, I thought that this was a very interesting comment by Aaron Wilson. He said, all right, Gelb looks like a high school history teacher that knows a lot about sports, very relatable. He's growing on me. I know I'm in a button down today because I did TV earlier today uh, via SNY and, and the New York Post. Do I give off teacher vibes when I'm sitting here? I, you know what probably doesn't help? I have the binder because they give me all these reads for all of our great sponsors on the show. And I have this binder here, which makes me look even more like a high school teacher. Stu, do I give you off uh, high school history teacher vibes here? You don't. Uh, I, I don't see it. Stu's basically saying that I'm an idiot and a moron and a dope, but I can never be a teacher. That's what's can never pass thinking. as a teacher. Never, ever. <laughs> Samter, do you see the uh, history teacher vibes that I'm potentially giving off? You are missing the plaid jacket with the tweed on the elbows. Yeah, the leather uh, elbows. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not seeing English teacher. I'm seeing like, you know, uh, maybe Wall Street bro. With the Wall Street bro. Yeah, I yeah, see yeah, that yeah, more yeah. The button-down yeah. shirt with like the one button undone on the top, no jacket, kind of. So casual, I look like a douchey uh, frat kid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I wasn't a frat when I was in college. And Shannon Crowder a few weeks ago said that I did look like I was a frat star when I combed my hair over a little bit before doing my weekly hit on WQAM. So that's what I really look like? Really? I look like a, a wall. I guess it's not the worst thing in the world to look like a, a Wall Street person. I will I will though admit though. If I was not in sports media, I would have been a teacher. 
I, I've always had a passion to teach. Um, if I was not involved in this business, let's say if I was a failure in this business, uh, my my career would have been uh, going back to school to get the degrees that you you need. And I, I kind of lived the lifestyle of C's get you degrees, so maybe I wouldn't be a good teacher. And I think I would teach like gym. I think I'd be a gym teacher because that's fun. That That is fun. And I, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess if I had to teach an actual subject, um, maybe English, but I don't uh, write all that well. No, that that's about right. If I could see you being a, a teacher in any way, it would be a gym teacher. I, I took a sports literature class in uh, high school and it was basically just watch movies. We watched Blue Chips, which is a, a phenomenal uh, sports movie. And you would watch all these great sports movies. So that's probably the kind of teacher that I would be. All righty, we'll take a break here on the Zach Yelp Show on CBS Sports Radio. When we come on back, big matchup this weekend out west in the Pac-12. It's Washington. It's Oregon. And the head football coach of Washington is Kalen DeBoer, friend to show. He will join us when the Zach Yelp Show comes on back in five minutes. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We got to get through the rest of the week because on Saturday, I can't wait as number seven Washington welcomes in number eight Oregon, a big Pac-12 showdown to me, the two best teams in the Pac-12 and now joining us as the head coach of the Washington Huskies. Always do appreciate when he joins us right here on the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. That, of course, is Kalen DeBoer. Coach, we're almost there. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. How you been? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. So you guys are coming off a bye. Oregon's coming off a bye as well. And this almost has to be torturous with the buildup to this game and how long you guys have had to wait to play this one coming up on Saturday. Yeah, you know, you, you kind of go full steam ahead for five weeks. And then, uh, you know, the bye, you never know if it's going to fall in a good spot or not. But uh, for both of us to have it and, uh, you know, it's allowed us a chance to get maybe even a little a little healthier, um, you know, than uh, – yeah, the hype uh, and all the excitement for the fans, uh, all two weeks, uh, they get to enjoy all that. So it's fun. I know you like to keep it real, but a lot of times coaches say uh, it's a normal week. It's just one week of, of the entirety of the season. You know how big of a game this is. How do you kind of 
like kind of keep things normal knowing where this game and what this game is going to mean for both programs. Yeah, it's uh you know, it's exciting and I'm glad we can make it a a big game by having done our business uh you know through 5 weeks and um you know the excitement that our fan base has not just because it being a rivalry because but because you know uh we're uh, you know in the top 10 and um, continue to move forward. Um, you know, I'm just proud of the way our guys prepare. And that's what we really focus on when it comes to this is, is, uh, you know, setting a high standard throughout the entire year to where, you know, different games when they come along and the hype is all there. Um, it's not that much different, you know, and I think they've uh, really bought into it over the last two years. Uh, we're in this position as a program um, because of the standard that they have and how they prepare each and every week and never taking anything for granted. Kalen DeBoer here with us, the head coach of Washington. Big game this weekend, Washington hosting Oregon. I've run out of things to say about your quarterback and Michael Penix Jr. because he's just so great each and every week for you the last two years. What else is there left to say, and what do you want people to know about your quarterback? Yeah, I think it's just all about, uh, you know, what you see what he does on the football field. And, um, you know, I think the other part is just who he is as a person. And our team loves this guy. Um, just – you know, he came in with this humble, just attitude, uh, wanting to fit in, uh, and just you know, it's really taken us to these uh, these these crazy high heights. You know, last year, and then the decision to come back again, and uh, the team and and everyone just continued to believe in him, and deciding you know that there's opportunities to 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 maybe enter the portal or go to uh, you know the NFL. Um, a lot of these guys really choosing to stay. You know, here we are. You know, five weeks in. And, He's uh, out in the community doing different types of things uh, to support, you know, different charities, um, you know, on top of just being a great teammate each and every day. I know you had previous familiarity with him, but with how it's played out over the last two years, does this surprise you to the level he's been able to take his game? The, 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 the potential was definitely there. When I look at what he could do throwing the football, um, he just is very instinctual too. Uh, quick, quick release. I mean, the accuracy and the deep ball, uh, it continues to get better, but there was a lot of that that was just already in place back in 2019 when he was a retro freshman and I got a chance to be with him um, and just his arm strength and the, you know, I think he, you know, once he's locked in and knows what to, his reads are, um, you know, going into a game week, uh, he just cuts it loose and, and lets it fly and, and plays ball, you know, does what he does. And, you know, that's what I always remind him is just be you. You know, don't try to do anything you're not capable of um, because what you are is is more than enough. We're very simple in what we do on, on radio shows where we break it down coaches and we pretty much break it down quarterbacks. It's always the biggest topic of conversations. This quarterback matchup, though, the stories are phenomenal where Michael Penix and Bo Nix both were before getting to Oregon and Washington and both playing at elite level. We talked about your quarterback. Now, how about the quarterback you're going up against on Saturday? What stands out to you with what Bo Nix has been able to do so far? Yeah, I mean, I think you first just look at the number of uh, games and the experience factor, right? And that's what we got going for us. And and that's certainly something you have a lot of respect for when it comes to Bo Nix. And, you know, just, you know, there's just things you go through uh, when you play a lot of games and play in big games. And so um, he's done that. You know, there's a skill set, obviously, that, uh, covers a lot of different different ranges from throwing to running and, uh, you know, doing a good job executing their offense. So, um, you know, he's he's done an amazing job again this year on top of what he did a year ago, um, even with a new, you know, offensive coordinator. 
does last year's game at all matter when we look at the game this year? Is there anything you could take from it? Um, motivation may be on the Oregon side as well, or is that just a lot of things that we talk about and you kind of throw it out the window? It's a new year. Yeah, I think I think it's just one of those games. You know, we were in some some different uh, games that were tight going down to the wire and just the ebbs and flows of the game, you know, the highs and lows, understanding that's what this is going to be. And so, you know, that's what you take from it. You take the 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 moments that were were big and understand that that's going to be that's going to happen and that you know anytime you're facing uh, good players a good football team um there's gonna be times where they make plays too and so those experiences uh from last year in this game and uh you know the other ones um it all adds to kind of who we are what we've been through together and uh what we're gonna you know what we know we can count on when it comes to those big moments Kalen DeBoer, I remember when we were talking to your coach in the offseason, we were discussing your defense through almost two months of the season. How would you kind of evaluate your defense right now? Yeah, I think they're really coming along nicely. Um, you know, there's been uh, more turnovers and takeaways. Uh, you know, they've just been forcing the issue that way. Um, it's been some big plays. And, uh, you know, I think there's a physicality that, you know, we – we had to begin with uh, and we continue to grow in that area. And just uh, as, as more guys take more snaps um, and they work together, um, I just see us continue to improve and really having an identity that, uh, you know, we feel good about. We always wonder when coaches change jobs, is it going to be able to translate to a bigger program? You only have two losses through a, a year and a half and both those losses, they were not by wide margins, eight points or less. Why has what you've been able to do in the past worked on a bigger stage here at Washington, in your opinion? Well, I think, first of all, the wins here. I mean, there's a, just a lot of great players that were in the program and a few that we brought in, like Michael Penix and, and uh, you know, some other guys. But uh, just, you know, the people you surround yourself with is, uh, is so huge. Um, the coaching staff and a lot of these guys at some point in my career, over 20-plus years, uh, I've worked with a lot of these guys. And so – we're very cohesive, and I think the players, anytime uh, I've seen over the years, a coaching staff that has uh, a piece that's maybe not, you know, cohesive and the chemistry is right, um, they, they see right through that. And so our team has uh, got great chemistry, um, got a great vibe, and it starts with our coaching staff and great people that are on it. Let me ask about one of your more electrifying players in Roma Dunze. Were you surprised that, that he came back and – I know you had to be elated when uh, he did return to the program, but for people that have not watched him, what do you want people to know about uh, your, your star real playmaker in the, on the offense side of the ball and also the return game? Yeah, I'm going to sound like a broken record when it comes to Rome and, and talking about Michael and even other guys on our football team, but just super person. Maybe uh, I, I remember the first spring we were here, um, just knowing how good he, a football player he was and, and all those things, um, he still was maybe one of the most coachable players that I've ever been around, you know, and I think that says a lot about his character, about his uh, determination to be, you know, elite and, uh, you know, what his goals are, you know, to even compete at the next level. But um, it was exciting. I can't say, I mean, I would, was feeling like that, that maybe would be what, what he would choose to do. But, um, you know, there was a lot of really good opportunities that would seem to present themselves at the, at the next level, it's just kind of trying to kind of up to him, you know, and what he felt his ceiling was and how far, how much better he could improve. And um, I think in the end, it's been a really good decision for him, you know, just based on what he's done through five weeks here this year.
Coach, Kalen DeBoer, before we let you run, when you had so many players that wanted to come back and then they come back and they said how much they believe in this staff and they believe that you guys could go win a Pac-12 this year, win even a national championship, just to hear that from your players that after one year together, they all believe in you. What does that mean to you as a head coach? Yeah, I mean, it's special. Um, and, you know, you appreciate that. And they, they know that I and the staff just appreciate them that much more uh, for never flinching at any time when we uh, ask them to do something, uh, you know, from workouts to, hey, you know, the offense, defense, special, special team schemes, just they never flinched. And they've just been all in. And it's just been an awesome journey, you know, and we're right in the middle of it uh, here this year. Uh, but it's exciting knowing every day when you step on the football field, you're going to get their very best. Coach, has anything surprised you about your football team so, so far this year? Um, not not a lot. I mean, just you know, a lot of the same faces, and um, it's it's I think continue to be something that I notice is just how you know when a new player comes into the program, whether it's a freshman that's coming in, or um, you know maybe a transfer that we've had a, we had a few um, you know this year as well. That just if you come in with the right attitude, and you're humble and hungry to to do something special. Um, you know, I just think, again, these guys will open their arms. And if you can help our football team be better, uh, they're all for it. And, you know, just sitting with guys that have come into the program and hearing their stories and how, you know, how great it feels to be here, how much they appreciate, you know, uh, that openness by our team to, to with open arms. Um, it's, it's special to know that uh, that's what our, you know, culture is all about here. Last thing I'll ask you, I know you're in your office right now and you're preparing for this game as Coach Kalen DeBoer is here with us. This is a heavyweight fight. This is a big showdown. These are the two best teams, in my opinion, in the Pac-12. Have you thought about what that atmosphere is going to be like in a great college atmosphere on, on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, we've got a taste of it uh, to some extent. You know, we've had some great environments here the last two years, but, uh, you know, I think this one's going to be different. Um, just, uh, you know, sold-out crowd, uh, again, that – you know, is ready to, you know, I think erupt and um, excited, excited to, to hear it, you know, from here, Husky Nation here in our, our stadium. Uh, it, you know, this place is known for, you know, that awesome environment. Our, our players, I know, are excited about that as well. Well, Coach, always appreciate your time. Good luck. I'll let you get back to preparation. We do appreciate you joining us today for a few minutes. You bet. My pleasure. Thank you. There he is, Coach Caitlin DeBoer, always kind enough to take a few minutes for us right here on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio, and I cannot wait for that game. The Huskies were my pick before the start of the year to win the Pac-12, and this is a big one coming up on Saturday against Oregon, and it may not be the only time we see this this year. There could be a rematch, just like how in the Big 12 we saw Texas-Oklahoma. Maybe we see that once again coming up uh, towards the end of the season uh, but you look at the Pac-12 this year, it's kind of a shame that this is it for the Pac-12. And, and I know that it's all about money and going to other conferences and getting the bigger TV money. But with how great this conference has been, um, it is disappointing that this is the last year of the Pac-12, especially with how many great rivalries they are out West inside the Pac-12. Okay, we'll take a break here on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll come on back and we'll wrap up the show talking a little bit about the future of Kyler Murray. If the Cardinals are going to move on from Kyler Murray... We have three potential destinations to discuss for the Cardinals quarterback where his next team could be. But first up with the latest CBS Sports Radio update, here he is, the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. All righty, wrapping up shop on a Tuesday, Zach Gelb show, but where else? CBS Sports Radio. Appreciate you listening to us, whether it's on your local CBS Sports Radio affiliate, Sirius XM, 
Channel 158, the free Odyssey app. Or, of course, you could get in the game on our YouTube stream. Final poll calculations of the day. It has to do with the drama Dallas choking Cowboys, who are always in the news. And it's a very simple question. Dak Prescott's contract expires after the 2024 season. Should the Cowboys give Dak another long-term deal? 88.8%. Wow, I sound like Jody Mack there for a second. 88.8% say no. 11.2% say yes. This is a rare moment where a lot of people agree on something on Twitter. Like 88.8%, and it's very fitting that it's 88 with the Dallas Cowboys, is an overwhelming majority. And we nearly have like 1,000 votes on this poll. So that's a big-time sample size. And like, Samter, you usually have things on Twitter where people just be like jackasses to be jackasses, where they'll just disagree with what the opinion should be to just get a rise out of people, but to only have 11.2% Say, yeah, give Dak Prescott a long-term contract extension? That's kind of crazy to me. And I'm in the camp that I just think Dak's a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, not someone that you win a Super Bowl with. But if I would have asked this two weeks ago, I would have had so many Cowboys fans calling me and saying, you're an idiot, you're a moron, you're a dope. But if you don't believe me, heck, I had Channing Crowder on. Channing Crowder said what everyone else has said about Dak Prescott that doesn't believe that he's going to be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback and he's not that dude and he's not clutch. And Channing got dragged, absolutely dragged. And now all the cockroach Cowboys fans have been exterminated after uh, the blowout performance against the 49ers. And I think Cowboys fans that were doubting everybody else and everyone else's belief. And I think it was a minority to begin with, but it was a a vocal minority that Dak's the guy and Dak's going to win a Super Bowl are starting to realize, man, the last two years we've been right there. We've lost two heartbreaking games against the 49ers, and you go up against the Niners again, and that wasn't a close loss. That was a massacre of 42-10. to I think also people are just creatures of the moment. Uh, They're seeing, you know, like, they just got blown out. Dak just looked terrible. And so this poll is going to be skewed this way. If Dak goes out and throws five touchdowns this weekend or in his next game, the poll will be (sighs) skewed, maybe not reversed, but instead of being 90-10, it's going to be 60-40. Yeah, People but- are prisoners of the moment, and I think that right now Dak just got his ass handed to him against the team that they're going to have to go through probably in order to get to a Super Bowl. And so he looked really bad, and people are just doubting him right now. I don't think that Dak is necessarily the answer quarterback, but could the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? Absolutely. So I don't think they can, and, and here's why. I think the Cowboys, as as I said earlier, are stuck in this good but not great team. And the quarterback sets the tone nine times out of ten for most organizations. And now we're seeing, like, the entire team just be a good, not great team. I need someone that's going to elevate my team and set a certain, a certain standard of greatness. And don't get me wrong. Dak Prescott's a great dude. Dak Prescott off the field is, like, everything that you want in a franchise quarterback. But inside the locker room, I'm sure Dak has good relationships with these teammates, but when you're just like kind of dragged and known as that guy that's a good quarterback and not a great quarterback, it's one thing to talk positively if you're a teammate of Dak Prescott, but I need a, a great quarterback in there to demand greatness from everybody else. 
And unfortunately, I just think it's because Dak's ceiling is only being a really good quarterback until they bring in a great quarterback. I'm not going to believe that this team is ever going to get the job done. Like, even if you're right, where I'm with you in terms of the Cowboys still going to have a really damn good record at the end of the regular season. We've seen that the last two years, them be back-to-back seasons of 12 wins. But there is nothing after that loss to the 49ers that the Cowboys could do the rest of the season, even still with having to play the Eagles twice, and they usually play the Eagles well, that will alter my stance of I believe the Cowboys are are a contender. Make me say those words, that the Cowboys are a contender, the Cowboys are a team that I could trust, because we've just seen it the last two years where people have bought in, people have praised the defense, people said, oh, wow, this offense is looking good. Even when Cooper Rush had to fill in and he didn't lose the game, and there was belief the last two years, but... When you then start to show signs that you're slipping and you're regressing against a team that you were close the two previous years to in the 49ers, until they win three straight games in the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl, I'm just not going to believe this team's going to the Super Bowl. Listen, they have to prove it in order to convince us. I I agree, but there have been much worse quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls. Obviously, they've always had great defenses. This Cowboys defense, obviously, sure. they got you know slapped around by a great 49ers team who's loaded everywhere, offensively and defensively. Quarterback Brock Purdy picks, proving to be maybe, you know, more than just a system QB that we thought. Fair. But this is a good enough defense that without Trayvon Diggs getting hurt, maybe this team could be good enough defensively to overcome some of the Dak Prescott deficiencies on offense. But they're not the early 2000 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're not the early 2000 Baltimore Ravens. Those defenses that won with Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer, as good as the Cowboys defense is, don't have performances 42 to 10 like what we saw from the 49ers. And that's what I'm saying. In order to win with Dak, just because he has limitations of being a good quarterback, you need to be like all-time great on the other side of the ball. And yeah, the Cowboys look all-time great when they're going up against Mac Jones, <laughs> Zach Wilson, and, and Daniel J- uh, Jones. But when they go up against... Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey and Purdy and Ayuk and Trent Williams, that defense was horrible. And you know what's really annoying with the Cowboys? It's a lack of accountability. Micah Parsons is your alpha. I know that Dak Prescott is your quarterback, but Micah Parsons is your alpha. I want to just play, let me play this one more time, Stu. I know what we played yesterday with Micah Parsons where he's like, oh, it's not as bad as what the score looks. We're only a few plays away. It's 42 to 10, bro. But this was Micah Parsons on his podcast the other day, doubling down on this and not being happy with George Kittle, who was wearing a F Dallas shirt, and he kind of issued a, a warning shot to Kittle the next time these two teams play. I just feel like he's making it more, way more personal than it had to be. Kittle's my guy, but I'm going to say this. Laugh now, cry later. We got something for that. Just trust. If we see them again, just trust. And we're going to put it just <laughs> like that. I ain't going to put too much on it. You're going to make it personal. We can make it personal. That's cool. Samter, let's just say we got into a fight and I beat the living snot out of you. Which wouldn't happen. Uh, it would, but okay. You, I know you could have this uh, tough guy energy here. If we got into a fight, Samter's having two uh, black and blue eyes. He's having a broken arm and a broken leg. But like, if you want to think you beat me in a fight, that's fine. But let's just say we got into a fight and you were just like destroyed all over the place, broken arm, broken leg, black and blue eyes. And then you get on your podcast the next day and go, oh, that's Zach Gelb. He wore an F. Michael Santer shirt, and if I see him again, he should watch out. That's like the least intimidating thing ever. And that's from Micah Parsons, who's a dog, who's an alpha, who's an intimidating, 
just defensive masterpiece in the NFL. And if I'm the 49ers, I'm looking like Micah Parsons as if he's like the the big uh, bulldog that has like a high-pitched bark pretty much right there. Because what is that barking doing when you just lost 42-10? to 10? And last time I checked, Micah Parsons was on the field on Sunday Night Football. I, I love Micah Parsons. But he sounds weak and lame there. Got something for that. Just trust. <laughs> I will say this, though. The only way to beat your Goliath, if you're David, is to believe that you can beat Goliath. And so at least Michael Parsons is believing it, whether or not it actually could come to fruition. He seems to actually believe it. And listen, you don't get to the NFL by not being the best and being a dog and being confident and being cocky, yeah, right? Whether you get your butt whipped or not, these guys think they can beat anybody. And any given week, listen, we've seen it. The Cardinals beat the Cowboys. We've seen bad teams beat good teams. Yeah, but this is coming right off losing 42 to 10. Save it for the rematch, the the the, the hype speak. Not, not, not right after you just got destroyed and punched in the mouth and you really have no leg to stand on. Billy Wolf says in the uh, stream, Gelb would break his hands on that lovely Samter beard. Maybe your beard is your best weapon there, Samter. It definitely protects the face from the blues that will be coming, <laughs> yeah. pounding and raining down upon me. <laughs> You're not wrong there. Uh, real quickly, Dan Graziano recently said, the outside speculation from other teams is that the Cardinals uh, will likely move on after this season with their quarterback, Kyler Murray. But there are common sense reasons to speculate that way. That is from NFL Insider with ESPN Dan Graziano. If, just if, we saw the Cardinals at the end of the year say goodbye to Kyler Murray, which it's not as if, as if it's a ridiculous statement because it's something we talked about. The only thing is, though, we all thought the Cardinals would definitely have a top five pick. I know they only have one, law, uh, one win on the season. I don't know if they're definitely going to have a top five pick. And you need to maybe be a top three pick to get two of the top quarterbacks here. And the other thing is, I know they have the Texans pick, too, from the Will Anderson trade. The Texans are looking like a, a solid team as well. So I think it determines, ultimately, what it comes down to, where the Cardinals are drafting. If you could get Caleb Williams, you're going to draft Caleb Williams and say, Kyler Murray, don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split you. But if you don't get Caleb Williams, it's going to determine what their valuation is on Shador Sanders if he leaves his dad at Colorado, Coach Prime. Uh, Drake May, who's right now at UNC. Michael Penix Jr. is Coach Kalen DeBoer just joined us. And the other top quarterbacks of this draft class. But if the Cardinals fall in love with someone or if they get Caleb Williams, I think three teams would be fascinated to see if they take a shot at Kyler Murray. The Falcons, if it doesn't work out with Desmond Ritter, they have a lot of talent in Atlanta and they need a quarterback. And I don't know if Kyler can be a great quarterback, but we know he could be a good quarterback. I think he has to put in more work to become a great quarterback. The Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins in the final year of his contract, and Samta threw out this one to me. I don't think Belichick would do it, but with how desperate Belichick may be getting, do the Patriots maybe make a run? And there's a connection there with Monty Ossonfort being the GM. I don't think Murray and Belichick would mesh because Murray, right, with all the video games and had to put that clause in his contract, doesn't seem like a typical Bill Belichick player, but with the level that we're at with Bill Belichick, you may have to move away from the player that you're used to coaching because there is talent with Kyler Murray, even if there are some some people being skeptical if he could become a great player. And the one thing I said to you before the show also is Belichick also has a history with guys like Randy Moss, with Corey Dillon, 
Ocho Cinco, guys who may not have been hard workers or may have kind of taken plays off here or there, not have the best reputation, mm-hmm. and he took them in and he turned them into something better than what they were before. Yeah, also Michael in California says, I don't know, Zach, with that Samter beard, he looks like a young Chuck Norris. How about that? The chat loving Samter. All righty, that concludes this Tuesday edition of the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. I'd like to thank Brian Barisi for joining us. Uh, Saints uh, rookie defensive lineman, Clemson legend, and also Kalen DeBoer as we inch closer and closer to that big game, Washington going up against Oregon this weekend. I'd like to thank everyone in the chat. I'd like to thank all the listeners as well. We'll be back tomorrow. It's uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Samter Stu, great job as always. I'm Zach Gelb. I'm out. Bye-bye. Peace. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.